from Atlanta, Fulton County. We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Purple color, I see. Then you maintain the status. December 7th, 19. A question, a psychopath. was like the fastest into the live show we've ever done yep yep you walked in the apartment we smoked and i was like let's go live because yep. we got a we got a barbecue to go to buddy exactly and you but you prepared you prepared it was a little bit of testing and like for maybe two minutes yeah and it was done you're 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 mastering your game mr pazel hell yeah you know and, and ladies and gentlemen to all of our listeners out there to all the listener out there uh, <laughs> he's actually not live with us. He's going to be in and out. He's a delivery guy like you, oh, hey, man. James Bailey. So he goes, when I'm not on deliveries, I'll pop in. I, I mean, I tell you what, I, I like, I mean, doing my gig, you know, but just want to apologize again for last week and laying in. Oh, you over, dude, over it's wrestling. all right. <laughs> I, I still don't really like it. But, it's but, all good. But, but I also watch, again, there's been these biographies of wrestlers. Booker, well, Booker, you watch Booker T. I've watched, you know, something, I'm going to be honest with you. I've watched all four of them that have been out. You know people okay. don't like Booker T's that much? Uh, why? Because he didn't have the same no. arc of everyone crow, else. He actually crow, has a good crow. family. <laughs> Calm down. Because it just... Yeah, I, I'm going to no. be curious. Let me talk. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear what it is. I trust your opinion. Because they jumble period. around. In what WWE, The problem with WWE is that they rewrite wrestling history. They Big shock. They, they, make, they don't give a shit. Go they ahead. Tr- they like remove aspects of people's careers. Like with Roddy Piper, they completely don't talk about four years of his career. They make it seem like he went from this place right to WWE. And that is not the case. Yeah. There must and be a legal thing with the rights or something. No, because they don't want to they don't want to talk about certain places. They they Vince McMahon hates wrestling. <laughs> Just like you. He hates wrestling and he loves movies. He's He said, we're not a wrestling company. We're a TV show about a wrestling company. <laughs> I mean, he is so, it is so cynical. But go ahead. So, yeah, yeah. So, Booker T, they, they just didn't can't. Here's what I saw. I saw his days, because his rise in Texas, doing like Texas local wrestling. Yeah. When he was <laughs> GI bro. Well, that they brought that back in WCW too. Okay, okay. They brought that back later on in his career, which yeah. they probably didn't talk about much in the thing because WCW was rivals to WWF. Absolutely, they, they mentioned that briefly. The one thing they say is that I think when what was there was a league that went south that he immediately jumped on or something. He went to with with a different league, and the wrestlers from the league that went south, he went to a different one, and then like he he didn't give a. He went to the, yeah. so what happened was is when WCW got bought by Vince McMahon, he bought his competition. Yeah, there were wrestlers that had guaranteed contracts, so he, Vince only got the contracts that were up. So the wrestlers had a choice: 
you could sit, you could wait out your contract and get paid, or you could go to WWE. And a lot of the bigger names chose to just sit home and get paid. Uh, good for them. You want to know why? They're actually able to talk right now and not just drooling somewhere. Because they had about three years off. And Booker T know? was one of the stars that immediately came over and like they had this whole invasion <laughs> angle it was great well yeah, his whole <laughs> i will say this much about him it, when you look at his style and i know nothing about wrestling and i don't care to know anything about it but i i find the heel appealing i have to admit it i find the heel and i mean some heels are you know the chic and when i was younger the iron chic, it's really ham-handed okay but when there's truly a good heel who really knows how to push buttons i find that very entertaining i gotta be honest with i you. want you to I watch do. uh the dark side of the ring episode <laughs> with it's about brian pillman he was he was uh his whole gimmick was he wanted people to think he was legitimately crazy so what he would do is he would be nuts in his personal life to yeah. really sell the idea of this guy's a maniac in yeah. the ring and stuff and yeah and let yeah. me tell you about his personal life i'm sure i'm sure it was <laughs> no they don't get into his childhood that's okay. why i wanted you to no, i want to hear, hear that's I why hear. i wanted you to watch this because it's yes. different his childhood was his childhood they don't even get into it <laughs> i know he was with this lady had a kid had an affair had a kid with her um then through that little family war so that you have the the mistress who's got a kid and that kid is a wrestler now his name's brian pillman jr he's the shit dude he's got a mullet and shit yeah uh and then you have uh his actual wife who's got two other kids oh man they his mistress was such a fucking white trash hillbilly <laughs> and, and they tortured the wife so hard she killed herself oh my god and then uh, is that actually the truth too? yeah actually, oh god that's not a storyline where is where is he from ohio or some shit yeah, oh, or yeah, Kentucky, yeah like yeah, the border yeah, like cincinnati yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah it gets southern crazy down there it gets southern crazy well, yeah like, and you know in cincinnati and like kentucky that area it's southern nuts also you know? they've a lot of parallels have been drawn to stand up in professional wrestling because of they course. say yep. you have to do it forever before you're good. Yep. You have to start out making no money doing it Absolutely. and basically going to wrestling shows and being like, hey, I'll help set up the ring if you let me job, if you let me have a match tonight. There's a reason why I don't like it because it, it hits a little too close to and home. And then the most successful wrestlers figure out a way to be a character, but it's just themselves turned up a little bit. Yeah. If you look at even Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was he was a teammates with Brian Pillman, the guy. So Brian Pillman ends up getting signed to WWF and he did this, apparently did this wild fucking angle that nobody knew about. So he's a WCW wrestler. Yeah. And he starts just being a maniac. <laughs> and apparently it was all a gimmick to get fired, but also get over so he could get more money from WWF. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Then he gets signed by WWF, gets into a serious car accident, shatters his leg. Oh, so he's fucked. Doesn't tell anybody Ugh. how badly he's injured. Just basically says like, yeah, I got into a car accident. That's so classic America. So then he comes back and is like, they immediately see like he's one third of what he is. Yeah. yeah. But he's famous for doing this promo with Steve Austin called uh, Brian Pillman has a gun. And this was during the Attitude Era because he's the whole I'm a maniac. Yeah. It's, yeah. I forget what it uh but so Steve Austin they do this angle where Steve Austin's going to Brian Pillman's home in Cincinnati, Ohio. 
It was actually shot at his house I with believe his it. real wife. I, I believe it. Absolutely. There was 20 minutes of preparation for it. So Steve Austin punches the door open and Brian Pillman pulls a fucking gun out, points it, and the show ends. And people actually, that this is one of those things I was telling you about last week where people were like, that's not fake. Yeah. Like, yeah, this has to be. So it made yeah. like actual news. God. Well, it's so then like, check this out. So yeah. then a week later, Brian Pillman dies in a hotel room in Minneapolis of a heart attack. Uh, he, had a, he had a grab. How, how old was he? 35 or something wow, like he that. He's actually younger than Let usual. Let me see. Because again, the arc, you know, my beef with these biographies, the arc is identical with all of them. That's what I found but it's refreshing about. Arc, it's their life. Well, it, it, but the, but no, it, it, again, because their life is That's terrible. That's what I think you have. It a, is terrible. But I think they have sometimes a terrible life. I, I feel like you, because you think wrestling is so phony, I think part of you thinks that some of the things they're saying on these documentaries is fake. No, 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 no. Like, no, 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 not at all. You're misreading it. No, their documentaries are pretty realistic. I can tell it. It's their actual life. It's their life is terrible. And the WWE, they are exploited human beings. And the w, yeah. And it's like watching a train wreck. And the WWE ones it's gross. are the fakest because they, what the, the, yeah. the reason the E ones are better is because it's not totally a WWE production. Yeah. They whitewash everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, and they're all made by different directors, so they have a different feel to it. Yeah, a different style. Also, yep. the Booker T one, a lot of things people didn't like is they talked to a lot of people that, like, aside from being fans of Booker T, it's just like, what do you even, like... You shouldn't be on this show. Well, to me, it ended on a positive note. He's got a couple of kids and he got married and he's sort of living a good life. I will Did they say, talk about Stevie Ray, his brother? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, their, their tag team story. They went to a the Harlem mean, Heat. Well, yeah. oh, Harlem Heat rule, dude. <laughs> they were like they were like 10 time WCW tag champs. Well, they also go into Booker T's life. He was 35. Brian Pan died in Bloomington, Minnesota. Oh yeah, that's where the Vikings play. That's where the old Met was, where the Vikings play before they had the uh, the Humphrey Dome. Where was he born? Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, man. That that, that oh that, yeah, he played football. He played for the Bengals in '84 and got hurt in '84. Yeah, and then so he went. The, the Bengals were good. Then. Bengals in '84, Bills in '85, but it was off season practice squad. Then he went to Canada, the Calgary Stampeders, and blew okay. his knee out. Okay, so a dude who ended up being like his real manager like his buddy like his business guy just like said you should do wrestling he said there's this place called stampede wrestling in calgary like you should go so he and he went and got stretched by Stu hart do you know about the Stu hart dungeon no i don't so bret hart's dad is this dude named Stu hart he owned this company called stampede wrestling yeah and he to train the wrestlers legit has a basement that's wall-to-wall wrestling mats and he for real stretches people out oh yeah yeah there's footage of people going into brett's house and you hear wrestlers like ah! yeah and Stu Hart talks like this and he's down there and he's like see what i'm doing right here you're about to lose consciousness in your head you're gonna start feeling your sight drift in your red eye a little bit and now you got five seconds so before. he's getting them used to what's going to potentially happen actually happening because yeah, he yeah. says if you can survive this you can survive the actual business yeah <laughs> He's tough, and you'll hear these big wrestlers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they're putting some pose. It's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I believe that. It's fucking awesome. So Brian Pillman went through the Stu Hart dungeon. (laughs) 
Okay. So you toughened him up. Oh, dude. It made him prepared. Yeah. That's why I liked about this Booker T. I'm sorry to cut you off. With Booker T, there was a, uh, his preparation, like they showed like his wrestling coach and stuff, who was some old wrestler from back in the day. Oh, he was a natural. And and they show him doing that thing where you go from like, like basically from like side of the ring to the side of the ring to the side of the ring to the side of the ring. Running the ropes. Exactly. Back and back. And he was like, dude, get your bruises on your ribs. And over and and doing it like 30 times in a row. student coming back from their first ch- class of running the ring ropes there it looks like they've been beaten on their ribs been, yeah, because some of the wwe is the only company that uses actual ropes wrapped in duct tape um okay. which hurts more because yeah. there's no yeah. give most companies use steel cables that like stretch <laughs> god yeah so i mean again watching his 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 life too man like in the 80s when his life oh my god Oh, my God, he had a bad life. I mean, the guy was knocking off Wendy's. He and a buddy who used to work at Wendy's had a gig. that They knocked off Wendy's. They up, they stuck up 27 oh, Wendy's. let's see what's going on. Let's see how long we 27 get. 27 Wendy's in Houston. Jesus. 27 they knocked off before That's they awesome. were caught. Before they were caught. And when he got caught, he talks about going, going to prison was actually the best thing that ever happened to him. Like it, it straightened his ass. It's one of the people who, like, prison actually helps. Because he was like young enough to have an impression, he realized uh, I got to get my life in order. My life is pretty fucked up, you know. Yeah. So, and he was given two hundred bucks when he left the joint, and he, when he left like those Southern Chang Gang prisons, like literally, it's like something from like Cool Hand Luke. You know, it's like dudes who have like you know leg leg bracelets. You know, like look what we white, got here, Crow. Oh, this is oh yes. Speaking of fucking Hicks, yeah, but but it just uh, and he said when he left prison, there was like the guy like like a silent man with like the mirrored sunglasses and a gun, just like. See you in a little bit, son. Like you're basically hilarious. saying, you know, we're going to see you again. You know, and, and then he, he, it stuck in his head. It stuck in his head, and he never went back to. By the way, intro. longest intro of the show ever. Sorry, <laughs> this is, we're still the intro. Minutes in, I feel like we're actually just. I, just... I have yet to say. I am Keith Pazel. Well, it's because we're excited. This is my podcast, <laughs> and I, I'm the sidekick, Adam Crochet, co-host, you're insecure, the co-host. insecure comic, sidekick, insecure comic on Twitter. Uh, I Keith had a good Pazel. one yesterday. Oh, yeah. Did you like that one? The Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, yeah. You're a more attractive man than Marjorie, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene. I thought that was kind of funny. That's funny. You know? <laughs> but yeah, KeithPazel.com for uh, the show. Uh, subscribe to YouTube to watch us live. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's and fun. then uh, if you feel generous enough, when you go to KeithPazel.com, you'll notice at the top of the site, there's a little tab that says pay-per-view. That is how we fund the show outside of... You know, my own pocket. My, yeah, no kidding, My bus Keith. boy money. I tell you, yeah, you've been, you've been working? You've been working yeah. a lot this past week? Yeah. yeah. Good I'm for a, you. I'm an essential worker, bitch. Yep. It's the only time failing in comedy worked out for me. <laughs> I got to get a fucking vaccine early. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you actually been going to the improv a little bit? And going yeah, I went, I went last week. Uh, I've been going every now. I'm easing my way back in now that I'm fully vaxxed. A bunch of my buddies moved to Austin, so I have to, like, figure out a new... I decided yesterday I'm going to own being not a loner, but I feel like L.A. makes you be so <clears throat> find a click and like, yeah, worm your way into a friend group and pretend to be friends with everybody. And I kind of want to start being a little more like ugh with people oh, like yeah. if someone's schmoozing me, I want to call them out and I want yeah. people to be like, he's fucking awesome because like. He kind of doesn't put up with the same L.A. bullshit. Like well, if, if you're being an L.A. asshole around him, he'll call you out. And he's also really funny. Well, exa- exactly. That the, the key is, well, you've also got experience. So you've been doing this for over 10 years now, 11 years. 
You know, so it's like, you know, I think of the people who come here and start out in LA. I've always thought this. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if this is the best place to start in. Obviously, there are success stories. I'm sure there are. You kind of have to have a solidified version of what you are. Yeah, and have enough material and enough of an act that you can actually go up and, and be funny. You know, in order to do that, you got to oh, be funny. Music. Well, th- th- this is, God, this is early in the movie. They just got was married. Music. Th- they literally, they literally met. So he's like a, a badass fucking dick slinger in Texas, right? And then like, <laughs> That's then he gets married and ends up being like a miserable drunk bad husband right yeah absolutely that's the arc what it is he's you see he actually works at like an oil refinery his name is bud and and he by the way if you're if you're listening to this show and you're going what are they talking about this is why you subscribe to youtube yeah because you get to watch what we're watching good job yeah we're watching urban cowboy 1980 urban cowboy the three movies it was saturday night fever Urban Cowboy and Blowout were, were, and then Grease. Those four movies, Travolta was a star from like 78 to 82. He was an absolute leading man star. That's why doing Pulp Fiction was like, holy shit, he's back. Because in the yeah. 80s, he made his Look Who's Talking movies. Dude, I, that's that's my Travolta. Yeah, that's your Travolta, which is hilarious. My Travolta is like him being a stud in, in Saturday Night Fever. My, my, my Travolta. So what, what he does is he, he meets this woman at a bar that he goes to. Sissy, this is Deborah Winger, who was the Jennifer Lawrence of her time. See, she was the J-Law of her time. When I was coming up, we were still searching for Deborah Winger. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that uh, what you would call the movie documentary that, that by, Patricia by Arquette. Arquette made. What a bizarre. Uh, I, they made it seem like she's the greatest actress that ever lived. Well, I can tell you this much. Is she, it because she just fell off the the map? Yeah. Yeah. She just she quit was, acting. And no, well, she was one of the people when she hit the age threshold. It was like, oh, you're not going to act anymore. I mean, she I, I think when she hit north of 40, it was like over. But from about 23 yeah. to about 39. When she hit north of 40, she turned into Goldie Hawn. Yeah. <laughs> And but they no. did North Dallas 40. <laughs> Not Debbie does Dallas. No. But no, they, uh, yeah, she was, this is her first movie. You know what she was? She was the sidekick of Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. She was on Wonder Woman. No uh, shit. Yeah. And, and then she got plucked. She was the invisible movie. plane. But, but all she did this. And then she also did, uh, uh, of course, Officer and a Gentleman. She did a Legal Eagles of Robert Redford. She was in a ton uh, of uh, movies uh, in the uh, 80s. Something happened. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I mean, the names uh, are dropping. Uh, uh, I think something is happening. We Urban, gotta, Urban Cowboy, we got to watch out. I yeah. think something is happening here. But but it was, uh, yeah, and I definitely liked Urban Cowboy. No doubt about that. I think it's actually, what I like about the movie to me. Because it says your audio and your video stream. It, people think it doesn't, I mean, I know fr- friends, Chad Briggs says he likes Urban Cowboy because he's from Houston and take, the movie's filmed in Houston. And he says, but there's no story to it. And to me, there's a total story to it. It's like. They meet, okay, they meet, they get married in a hurry. They realize it's yeah. a mistake because they're young, you know, but they met at this bar. What is, that it, what is this, the story of John Mulaney and Olivia <laughs> Munn? Jesus Christ. Well, no, Jesus it, it's Christ. the story of, of so many idiots, which again. Kat Dennings and Andrew W.K. got hitched. I wish I could have been that. I know people, my best friend from college, my who I'm, who's a brother to this day, I've known him for 33 years, 1988, we met, we met. Good friend of mine, he got married, married his wife after dating for uh, eight days. After eight days, they got married and they had a kid. I mean, she wasn't knocked up. I mean, they had a kid a couple years later. They were married for four and a half years. The last two years of their marriage was was really bad. It was sheer hell. Sheer hell. They did sheer not, hell you know, starring Daryl Hannah. But, but I always respected the fact that someone could actually do that. Could just say, OK, I'm going to just take the leap like that. And I, I could never do that. 
that that I, that felt so exceedingly emotional to me, you know. But I I kind of respect it in a way because I always thought what happened there is what happens. You get divorced, sort of like the story of Kyle Kinane bringing his girlfriend around to the Red Lion in nineteen two thousand. <laughs> And his girlfriend was stolen by a guy I'm still friends with to this day who ran the open oh, we're mic. Back. Who ran the open mic. Kyle Kinane was devastated. I think it was his very first girlfriend, you know. And that guy married this woman after four months of dating. And everyone knew. They had their reception at an open mic. That's wild. <laughs> People did stand up there. That's when my buddy of mine told the priest to fuck off on stage. That's hilarious. So uh, I'll tell and you what. they got divorced. How long did their marriage last? A year and four months. Not bad for a quickie. Yeah, that, 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 that's that, that's like a good. That, you learn your a, lesson. That's a serious girl. I feel like that's said. a that's a uh, a marriage where like this is our learning marriage. Exactly. Get the first one out of the We're way. We're both learning. Yeah. Which I mean, now people get that out of the way. I feel like people are so melodramatic. You get those learning marriages out of the way in like middle school. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I knew people that like had pregnancy scares in seventh grade where you're oh, like, oh, we're ready for man. life. We're ready for wow. life. Yeah, I remember people getting sexually active in the seventh grade. That I mean, I was a square dude. I was not getting I mean, I was behind the curve. I remember like uh, uh, who Doug Muma. <laughs> what a great name. Doug Muma. Doug Muma, who was a totally good basketball player, but also smoked. <laughs> In like the seventh grade. And then it was him and it was a Katie Botsworth. What was the woman's name? Katie Bots the door. That he ended up nailing it. And I guess they were and like he I think he left it. He ended up nailing, man. (laughs) When he was 12, he's getting he's busting one when he's 12 years old. You got to admit that that's too young. You should not be fucking when you're. No, 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 no. You really honestly when you're how old? When you're 12. You oh, should. I thought you said 20. I was like, oh, yeah. No, 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 That's... no. I was, uh, frankly, I was I was 20 when I lost it, and I felt like an old man. And I look back in retrospect, and I'm like, it's perfectly fine, you know? There's no embarrassment. It, it's so hilarious. It felt like such a big deal. Like, God, what's my fucking problem? Everyone's getting late. And then when I finally got late, I was like, okay, this is cool. I met my first girlfriend, and I worked out all of my sexual frustration. Dude. And those thoughts were just gone, which is a, which was a, that was a liberating feeling. I'm going to do a test. Do you want to know what I think happened? What do I think? With that you? slight bit of music I played, God, I think that's what wow. caught it. For, for like one second. I'm going back to Urban Cowboy on mute, and we're yep. going to see if this fucking, if it goes back to yellow. So this is post-sex for Deborah. Well, that, and I never saw that documentary. It was basically about aging women in Hollywood, correct? Is that what the point Yeah, I think so. I didn't see yeah. it either, but I just remember being like, who the fuck is Deborah Winger? Oh, Deborah Winger was a very... Oh. Again, and, and that's the sad. She was a leading woman in the eighties. Very much a, her last movie, I think. True, true last movie was a Billy Crystal. Like blame it on Paris was a Billy Crystal movie, <laughs> like in 1994, 96 maybe, where she was like a leading woman. Now she's made a comeback, and because she's a totally good actor. Like, Who, winger? Uh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. up there with like Jennifer Jason Lee of like oh yeah classic actresses. Well, it's funny you think <clears throat> that's God. I am old. Flash dance. Well, that's Jennifer Beals. Oh, yeah. But Jennifer Jason Lee, I know from uh, what was her big thing is like early 90s, 80s. Well, well early 80s was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, that's, that's, that's my introduction. That's but she did a bunch of stuff in the 80s. She did the movie Rush with Jason Patrick, which was a very dark, like drug movie yeah. in 1990. I remember like thinking the original that was like a, crash where they fucking get into car you know, accidents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's such a David Cronenberg <laughs> plot line. I, I am actually I'm a Cronenberg fan. I've read his biography. Cronenberg, for those who don't know, did the remake of The Fly. Twin Peaks? He, he did, no, 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 that was David Lynch. He did uh, Videodrome. He did Videodrome, which to this day, to Starring me... Starring Debbie Harry. And, 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 and James Debbie Woods. Harry. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, that's one mean. of the weirdest movies I've ever seen in my... Would you say Videodrome's weird? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre movie. It's, it's 40 years old, and I'm telling you, you're going to watch it and be like, this is a fucking that's weird That's such movie. a classic, you see a hot girl noise. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's guys make cum people, faces. you know? <laughs> <laughs> like they're in pain. What, 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 you ever I see ha- the fist bite? What, what, oh. I, what, I, what are you, Italian? What, what I have... Like, <laughs> hey, a bambini, we'll make a bambini. No, but I... <laughs> No, but when I when I have my O, Keith, I'm going to give a little more information to the audience. I know you you're, you're waiting for bated breath for to me to talk about my horrific masturbated breath. No, no, my, my, with bated breath, uh, I discover God. I discover religion when I have my O. I say God. Oh my God, Jesus. Oh my God, Jesus. Oh Lord. Oh, oh. Lord. That's funny. Here we go. And I am so not religious. Oh my God. Look at this. We got Hogan's Heroes, a show that I'm sure is offensive today. I, I would like to ask and uh, get an honest response from a woman when a guy has his O and he discovers religion. That's kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my God. Fuck. Yeah. Especially if you do it like that. <laughs> it's probably like, Little oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Sal. Oh, Jesus. Sal. <laughs> You do your Sal, Ray Lewis impression. I'm having, I'm having my O, Sal. Sal, you know it's my O. We got to be on. We're going to this grill out, man. We're getting our, our funny going because yeah. gonna, it's going to be a comedian party, well, which I well. sometimes like and often don't. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit. So some Hogan big Zeros. things happened in comedy. What happened? So do you know who Tony Hinchcliffe is? I've heard of that name and I, I, I ran out of the energy after three and a half seconds of looking up his name. So well, what That's did he hilarious. do? What did he do? I, so I, let me tell you who he is first. He's a joke. He's might might be one of the two like original Joe Rogan disciples. So you had Brody Stevens, rest in peace. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Stevens is good. <clears throat> and then Tony was this young kid who was like a roast comic who Joe Rogan took a liking to put him on his show. Now he's fucking huge. Yeah. Um, I want to start this story by saying I hate Tony Hinchcliffe's guts. Yeah. I don't know him personally. Everything I've been near or heard is not good. He doesn't seem like a nice guy. This has nothing to do with comedy. I respect everybody's hustle. Yeah. Out there, if anybody's listening, thinking I'm hating on someone's groove. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I I, I agree with you. He's one of those. He sells out fucking arenas. Wow. Whatever. Wow. Like, it's yeah. not my thing. I've yeah. learned out here to say not to say someone sucks. Because he's successful. He obviously yeah. doesn't suck to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not my thing. Yeah. And I've heard bad stories about how he fucking he, it's cheating allegations of just like smarmy fucking guy. And he looks yeah. like a horse. How, um, how old is he? Mid, it's my age, 34, 35, yeah, 36. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere from, in there. Is he from out here? Where's he's from he? Ohio. He's oh, from fucking the Columbus God. or Cincinnati or some God. shit. Ohio such an asshole of a state. So he... It lives in Austin now with Joe Rogan. And there was this comic named Pang Dang. Now, this is going to be an unfolding story. So sure. what I'm going to tell you is going to be the original reaction. And then I'm going to tell you throughout the week how context got laid on it. Uh, I still hate Tony Hinchcliffe. Sure. So a clip came out of this comic named Pang Dang. And he goes, I got to bring Tony Hinchcliffe on stage last week. And this is what he said about me. Uh, so you see 
Tony Hinchcliffe come on stage and go, I'm going to say this once and then we'll say C word after that. He's going to say, give it up for that fucking little chink that just went up and just goes, you little race baiters. You like that? So that made it seem like, what the fuck, dude? And all these comics were like, fucking Pang's my friend. Fuck Tony Hinchcliffe. I regret ever working with him. And I hate Tony. So I was just like, this is fun watching him get his fucking due because he's such an overconfident man. I made a joke on social media. I said... Tony Hinchcliffe's Corvette has a vanity plate that says I roast because it does. <laughs> oh, How lame God. is that? God, I go That's more his vanity plate. Yeah, I go more like I racist. That was my fucking thing. <laughs> That's funny. That's not a take. That's funny. just a small little knock knock joke. That's funny. Yeah. I like so it. throughout the week, uh, another comedian, Ari Shafir. Oh, I've, yeah, I heard of that. Kid. Uh, he releases the full set of pang set and tony set just to give you full context so what happened the full story of what happened is pang did a kind of pandering set where he was going up basically saying like of course why do you guys why do you guys hate asians you know we like your meatballs basically doing like i don't understand why you guys hate us we like your stuff be nice to us like basically that was the point overarching point of his set yeah so tony being a douche he's one of these edgelord guys who like sees an opportunity to be edgy so yeah recognizing me when I was recognizing young. his very like pro like please like asians which yeah. is a good that's fine yeah. i'm not against that of course he went up and did the opposite look yeah. at that little fucking like give it up for that fucking chink i can't believe uh, I you guys say chinaman which would be offensive but chink is like whoa dude so that at <laughs> least to me like i was like well at least he's not a raging fucking racist yeah also another layer him and pang are friends Tony's given Pang a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Every time he goes to Austin, he gives him stage time. Probably yep. gave him so. That was another thing where I was like, "Why would you say that to someone you don't know?" That was my yeah. original like, "Fuck this yeah. guy" about it. But then I find out they're friends. Yeah, you find out the full context of the set. Yeah, and then you're like, "Well, I hate that I got to be on his side for this because yep. I'm sorry, but if you're a comic, you can't. You have to be on Tony's side, whether yeah. you hate his guts like I do. Yeah, and think he's smarmy. <laughs> he should be allowed to go on stage and say what he said. <laughs> How do you feel yeah. about stuff like that? Well, I mean, I, I go up to. I, I definitely. Feel like I mean times have changed certainly, uh, but you know when I was doing stand up, you know race stuff was talked about a lot. Race that that was deemed a very edgy sort of thing. Race, homophobia, sexism, those topics were talked about a lot. So one of the things I'm annoyed by with this current generation is they think they're the first one to actually like discuss it. No, you're discovering it for the first time, so it feels very fresh and new to you. Oh my God, people say stuff. To me, it's like you know if you go up there and if it's funny, if you can make it funny. If you can make well, it the funny, audience laughed. you should pretty much say whatever you want to say. And that's another thing, too. People were like, all oh, these you racists know? laughing at it. And it was like, no, because they had the full context of what happened. And that's why they laughed, too, because Pang killed. And part of Tony's, yeah, exactly. and part yeah. of Tony's venom is him kind of being mad that, like, hack shit killed. Yeah. That, like basically without if you take out all the slurry part of it he basically was going up being like i can't believe you guys laughed at that soft bullshit yeah 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 you know and then they were like oh yeah you're right he kind of like you know and what a contrast to go up but i even told larry i go he could have done that without saying the c word as long if is if he didn't say that you would have never heard about it yeah well exactly chink's a harsh word this reminds me also one it's harsh, but 
I want to offer this up soft because because I don't I don't say racial I'm a white guy I can't have any really opinion on it yeah but someone told me yesterday they were like you know is that word really like the n-word now Uh, I don't think it's that bad but that hard K it's pretty tough yeah it's up there with kike Kike, yeah kike, yeah it, dude there's a bike know? shop called kike's bikes and i have <laughs> such a hard time not saying kike's bikes dude i i watched i watched this week about 20 minutes of a have you seen the nixon and his own words documentary no it is i watched like 20 minutes of it i mean it's talking politics it's, going to the news exactly. <laughs> that's how we do it here exactly but so it's all of his like a lot of his tapes not all of them but a lot a select few of his tapes of him talking to his staff halderman ehrlichman uh henry kissinger alexander hag there's like 10 to 13 figures that i recall from my childhood because a lot of these same people were in reagan's white house and it's them talking together (laughs) and i'm not lying richard nixon like he's Hitler-like. Oh, dude! In his resentment and hatred towards the Jews, I've been wa- it's Hitler-like. I watch. I would have. Uh, oh, about the fucking uh, Washington Post when they released the fucking Pentagon oh, yeah. Papers yeah, yeah, or whatever. Wait, 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 when they had the uh, yeah the uh, deep throat. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, with Watergate. And Pentagon you hear they leaked. They hear fo- you hear footage in his office of just like. What to burn this fucking Jew paper to the ground. Oh, like, oh dude, <laughs> dude, it's like you watch. He I'm said lying. he was like, no reporters from the Washington Post is ever allowed in the White House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the whole also he's being interviewed. He's like, yeah, well, Daniel Ellsberg, who was an ex Marine, I might add. And a Marine, I think, for eight years or 12 years. And he, and he worked for the Rand Corporation, which is a big like defense studies, a very important kind of group, you know, been around for years. And he basically just, you know, he he, he released the Pentagon Papers, which were top secret papers to The New York Times in 1971, basically talking about a lot of the things that were being done there that were just horrific like not good stuff not and the the real intimate policy decisions and nixon was apoplectic about that he was apoplectic guy's name was daniel ellsberg well needless to say i mean it was just like we got ourselves a he dropped the kike bomb once i was like holy he was kb and kissinger (laughs) kissinger's got a chosen people you know kissinger is is the chosen people we got the israeli thing going on Uh, well yeah we got the news it it, it was it was just uh I mean, I couldn't. I'm not lying, Keith. They, I probably watched six different segments. He talked about the Jews every single one. It wasn't like a one or two things. Like, I mean, it was crow. We got nerd movie news breaking right here. Oh, what's going on? What's Zack going on? Snyder says the story's figured out for a Justice League two and three. Of course, it's been figured out because they 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 they, they know our our demand is inelastic. You know, and also just, we'll just feed you a few kernels in the in the first one. That's four hours long. Mighty Matt Duffy of the Chicago Cubs, the man looks like a broomstick with a batting helmet on, has hit a three run home run in the top of the fifth. The Cubs take a seven to six lead over the Tigers. Look, you're getting breaking news everywhere on this well, show. Well, what's what's the uh, what's the record? The Cubs, they're yeah. 18 and 19, bunch of bullshit. The Cardinals yeah. are 23 and 15. They're dominating the division. I don't think the Cubs are going to make the playoffs this year, Crow. Yeah, I. uh I think they're going to blow it up at the all-star break. Yeah. Well, I mean, but th- I don't care because the bears have Justin Fields. Yeah. No, that, that, that's going to keep you going. Have you for- seen Minnesota rookie camps? Have you looked at any footage nah, from the mini camp? I really haven't because it's just, you know, I'll wait when we get closer. I looked season. at, they had a good comparison. They had the first Mitch Trubisky report versus the first fucking Justin Fields. Yeah, bro. It is night and Trubisky yeah. fumbled his first snap. 
yeah that he ever took in yeah. practice yep. and they said fields was confident crisp even in his interview he said like i want to just learn how to command the huddle how to like take he was he understands the steps he has to take dude dude he, uh, he, they said they said two or three throws all practice were bad yeah but other than that he was zipping it in they said yeah. he's accurate yeah. they were very impressed and then they showed the mitch Dude. trubisky one and yeah. it was like they're oh. like uh-oh they were like so we're so they were like and we're we're putting the caveat this was against rookies this is rookie mini camp yeah. yeah this is with and against rookies they go but if you're looking at the two first reports they got a better player. Yeah. Oh, no, Fields, I'm telling you, when, when I, I watched, leading up to the draft, I think I told you, I watched this this ESPN, which is interesting, the program and ESPN, how they had to change their palette because it's a younger viewing audience and they've lost so much market share. But they had this good segment that I thought was pretty smart where they went, the five main quarterbacks that were taken, you know, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and, and Fields, they did a lot of backstory of just, you know, their, where they're from, their high school situation, what they were in college. And it's like a 20-minute deal deep dive which i think is that's pretty good for tv you're getting into yeah. it you know with fields i was like uh i was like i like this guy I, I i think he was he's been raised to do this since he was five years old you know what I mean? his his father is an atlanta police officer so you know he's a hard ass and you know it's like the discipline is fundamental like the discipline has been put in place since day one right you know so i think he's just uh he, I mean, I, I, what's the story about why did he leave Georgia? Why did he transfer from Georgia? Because he wasn't going to start. Oh, they, I think because okay. they had Fromm, and I think they were in love with Jake Fromm. Why the fuck? Or, or, yeah, or what are those he Fromms had, they show his, from Louisville? They show his few clips for Georgia. He was the same Justin well, Fields. I, I know. No, absolutely. But here's you know? the little loophole he got around. Check this shit out. He transferred to Ohio State, and usually you lose a year of eligibility. Exactly. You have to get redshirted for a year. Yep. He worked this thing. Apparently someone, he played baseball too at Georgia. Yeah. And apparently someone called him the N-word on the baseball team. And that's kind of part of the reason why he left Georgia. Ah, interesting. There's a clause that says if something unforeseen happens that makes you want to leave the school, oh. you don't have to sit for the year. So they used that clause and he was able to play his full sophomore year for Ohio State and that was the year he went 33-1. and one Once for, again, our woke culture lets him out of the way. That, no, no. Actually, that, that, year, that year off is a ridiculous that's rule to begin with. That also shows how intelligent he is to yes. know that like, oh, we can work this in here. I'm telling you. It's a good, that's a good his, business decision. And his, you know, a lot of times that cop, that military background, you're actually scared of the children because they're insane because none of their emotional needs were met. But when they interviewed his father and him, I mean, you could tell his father was very much spoke with a very strong tone. But I was like, no, there is a, I mean, I'm telling you, he's got the mental makeup. He's tough. And he's smart. And, th and he's black. And that's what matters. I'm telling that's what you. matters in the NFL. All of their crap, too, about great pass, which he has that ability and he can move. And you know, he's going to take some licks, obviously. But I'm telling you, when you need to get tough yardage in a late game in, in, in November and December, he is going to get you the first down. If you have to get four yards, he will get you four and a half. Like, you I'm telling are the you, ones who are the ball lickers. He, I'm telling you. No, I mean, I mean I'm not. Listen. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, I think he's. I, I, listen, I don't want the Bears to be good. It annoys me when the Chicago the, Bears dude, are good. Okay, I know you're 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 like ever the pessimist when it comes to the development. I'm telling you, dude, Kellen Mond is going to be awesome. Uh, 
you know, he was Chris Sims's number four quarterback. He had him over fields. He was saying all year, I don't understand what people don't see in Kellen Mond. He was like, even when you talk about, he goes, take the system aside. He goes, all I've ever, he goes, when you look at the throws that he had to make into tight windows, he goes, all I saw was him firing fucking lasers into tight windows. He does have a good arm. He was like, he he was like, take away all the numbers. He goes, this guy has the skills to play quarterback in the NFL. My main concern because the biggest leap for a quarterback to go 51% from 51% completion accurate. percentage. It was 61%. So it improved all of his four years and he played all four years. So he's been seasoned. It ain't like Tannehill who was a quarterback at Texas A&M who was a converted wide receiver who I think is actually an effective enough NFL quarterback. The Titans have salvaged his career and he's been decent. Joe McMahon is a big fan of Tannehill. He thinks he's a decent quarterback. He just was on some bad teams. So I, I think there's a but man when you're only completing 61% of your passes in the SEC, which is the best college football conference. So you're facing NFL talent on the other side. Boy, I don't know. I, I just, this ain't 1982 when Steve Barkowski is going to complete 57% of his passes and people will be awestruck. When you watch the quarterback play, I've been watching a bunch of uh, playoff games, the good teams from the playoffs. Early, you know, in the early 80s. I've been watching playoff games. It, it literally, the quarterbacks, no one's accurate. They're overthrowing people and like missing people by a lot. So the accuracy now, it's so geometric metric and things are so thought out and stuff that the angles and stuff you could you have very tight windows and it's like that accuracy now i don't really know what mahomes police completion percentage was but the fact is mahomes played on a dog shit team and he had to single-handedly try to win games you know whereas mon right. i mean it, texas a&m is a pretty good program is, they're top my, program. Mon might sit for two years Oh, I mean, oh, I, I want him to sit for two. I, I want him to just mature and actually get, and then goodbye, robot Christian. Dude, here's how much the NFL forces storylines. They're so average. Here's how much the, <laughs> the Vikings are so painfully average. Here's how much the NFL yeah. forces storylines. Yeah. Week one is Bears versus Rams. They want Justin Fields to be the starter. They didn't make yeah. that schedule being like Andy Dalton versus Matt Stafford. No, it's Justin Fields in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Fields. He's going to start week one. It, well, at the latest, at the latest, he'll be starting week four. At the latest. I mean, if you listen to the coaches, it yeah. ain't going to be till next year. <laughs> That's all bullshit. They're going to get know, him in some preseason here's, games. Here's Matt Nagy, you know, with his fucking public, with his Pennsylvania accent. <laughs> you know, I was there. We saw what Pat Mahomes. It's different. I understand that. But I the, the value that Pat had sitting for a year and just understanding a professional you know it's it's not the same but it's the same and so we yeah. we want to have a plan in place for justin you know here's Mahomes. the thing about it. here's the thing about it maybe i'm totally wrong on this i just watched one 20 minute segment on espn but here's my judgment on that because i get the idea of letting a guy wait and mature aaron Rodgers matured yeah. that also was a, a great decision the chiefs had been to two afc title games in a row they had <laughs> they had legit shit riding on it you don't fucking the bears got nothing to lose you put them in there pat mahomes probably could have played his That's whole rookie year I didn't think about patrick actually. mahomes probably could have played his whole rookie they had year. alex smith who was a competent who was a better quarterback yeah, yeah. than andy dalton yeah absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not that that's why he says, you know, it's, it's not the same, but it's the he he added that. I know it's not the same because when he first said that he was like, I experienced the same thing in Kansas City with Mahomes. And everybody was like, bro, you, this team ain't the 2017 Chiefs. It's also, I think another thing too is, I think when you bring a, a young quarterback along too soon and they're not good right away, I think some people fold and they never really recover. I don't recover. think Fields will fold though. Fields is not that guy. Fields It'll is make tough. Him I think he may have some missteps, but I bet you some, he's going to learn from that. And what I think people He's are underestimating good. is he's tough. 
Mitch got off on the wrong foot immediately. Before he took he was a down, before he took a down though, before he took a snap, they the first appearance he ever made was at a Blackhawks game, and they booed him. And he, apparently, they said he never really recovered from that. But that like <laughs> fucked with his psyche. Yeah, he 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 was. Fields at, is coming in with universal love, yeah. so I feel like if he makes mistakes, we'll be like, oh, that's okay. But yeah, when uh, Mitch uh, made uh, mistakes, yeah. we were like, what the we fucking should have never drafted well, you. Because they traded up for him to the second overall. Second overall pick is a high pick. Yeah. And they swung and missed. But you know something? I think Fields. He's, Fields, our, he's our Steve Grogan. <laughs> Fields is a uh, Fields is going to be good. I, 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 actually, I, I believe in him. I do. It's just at least they'll be good in a legitimate way. That 06 fucking team of the Bears, those sneak Devin Hester got us who, in there. who would hold you up and like, we'll just rip the ball away with Lance Briggs, you know, and Erlacher. They were a bunch of sneak thieves coming into your bedroom by cover of night and stealing your pocket watches. I couldn't stand Boy, that. Boy, I got to tell you, just from the camera shots on this softball game, I do not trust these coaches around these gals. <laughs> but I do trust that these girls could fucking headlock these fucking yeah yeah well they'd certainly give up they give you a fight you know plus let's be honest with you coach is softball what percentage of softball players are like gail coach is sexually assaulting me (laughs) (laughs) what should i do (laughs) we gonna put up with that girls Uh, uh, dude that got my dick hard so justin fields was doing his interview before practice and before every word he was doing that black dude fist pump and i was like oh my god this guy's ready to fucking play ball yeah i mean he's gonna try to be like at the same time here's the only concern i have with that can i I analyze yeah only concern because i think he's confident i think he's tough I always think injuries happen with overexertion. Yeah. He cracked overexertion. His ribs. He cracked his ribs in the fucking sugar and bowl still played after four touchdowns after. Yeah, that. yeah, against against the, the Clemson the Clemson Tigers, who are a great guy. He's tough. Also, as a do you State. know what he said? He's tough. So they asked him, but "Don't fuck your knee up." They man. said, "What's your hopes of starting?" And he goes, "You know, I know they got a plan, and they want to be they want to take it easy with my development, which I understand." But he said. He goes, honestly, though, I'm shooting for a starting position. He goes, I feel like if you're on this team and you're not striving to be a starter, why are you here? Yeah. Hey. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah. No, dude. I know. I know. It's like, you know what that is? That's called accountability. That's holding people accountable to a high standard. It's just saying it's saying, no, everyone has to give it their absolute. And then maximum he said effort. when he was like, I just want to learn how to command the pocket and command the huddle. And then and he said, when I'm in there, they know I'm leading the offense. Yeah. Yeah, well, I will be curious. You know, again, he he's saying those tough things, and I. But for some reason, when he says it, I actually believe it. A lot of guys say that crap, here's and you're how, like, he's full of shit. Here's how millennial you know? this season is, and Gen Z. So they'd ask Nagy, "What's, you know, we got him in his bedroom, taking taking video with his phone, yelling out snap counts because I guess he was like in college. They either just kicked their leg or clapped. There's yeah. no like hard count." Yeah. in college yeah so we got him on his phone sending us videos he's this motherfucker's in his bedroom with his Working iphone it, yeah going hot tuesday rooster yeah. <laughs> hey man it's that's what it is now i mean see, that, that's it's why i actually it, like it's only the technology of, it's only because of covid see i actually respect that technology what i don't respect is people losing their identity on it and actually yeah. thinking that the posts matter so it's yeah but it, yeah it just yeah so be excited you know, be excited we, about fields you'll yeah. you'll be talking about them at the barbecue i know that much but it, so anyway we're kind of bouncing around here can we go over to urban cowboy again oh, possibly sure. again urban cowboy i was saying earlier in the show late 70s to early oh 80s. he's already fucking half into it yeah yeah yeah, well, what is? Stop, uh, Colin. Tell me what happened. See that—that's that, his aunt. Yeah, that's his aunt. 
and then punched her. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Scott Glenn is in this. You know Scott Glenn? Yeah, we talked about Scott Glenn. We've we've watched aspects of this movie. Yeah, because Scott show. Glenn is the bad guy, and and, and they're co- they're going to have a competition of a fake bull ride. Do you understand? From like eighty to nineteen eighty two, bull riding bars was... had fake bull riding places all over the place. Oh, they still I never do. Went to bars, There's the fucking 12. saddle ranch over on fucking Sunset I mean, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and it was a trend that died. You can say they live like they live like pigs. You know. So the, the, their marriage is, is strained, Winger? and she starts kind of hooking up. She was with, a little cutie, huh? Oh, absolutely, dude. She's beautiful. Listen, I, I, she I had, like Deborah. I you, like Deborah you can tell the real beauties back then because they didn't have as mullety of hair. <laughs> it wasn't totally feathered. The frumpy friend had the fucking hardcore fucking cartoonish mullet. Wait till you see some of the people at this bar, man. It's so interesting to me to see Hicks with like long hair. I just find it. It reminds me so much. This reminds me so much of Virginia when I was, you know, 10, 10 years old in 1979. A lot of people talk like like Nagy out in Virginia. Your phone. Oh, absolutely. You got your phone. Yeah. There's just kind of a southernist a- accent. So he, he's struggling at work. He works at an oil refinery. Uh, his uncle is 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 the guy from uh, Northern Exposure. Don't some the people War Games, in Virginia War have a little bit of a Boston in there too? No, like for, a fan Boston. Like my uncle Bob was from Virginia, and he kind of had a like weird East Coast fucking Pennsylvania Southern thing. It, it definitely, there's a no. I had a Southern accent. I had a Southern accent until I was thirteen. It proves like your voice doesn't truly change till you truly hit puberty. So when I moved, I would have had a southern accent had I, had I, for, for life had I stayed there till I was like 16, 17 for years life, old. Brother. So, but Northern Virginia is distinctly different from Southern Virginia. Northern Virginia is very much DC influence. It's where the account, those six counties up there is like the majority of the economy of, of the state of Virginia. The rest of Virginia is a lot of rural. There's some poor people. There's military down by Norfolk, where like Allen Iverson is from, you know, and Michael Vick, that area. But but it's uh, it's much more southern in the southern part of Virginia. Northern Virginia has some southern accent, but there's also folks from across the country. You know, they they work in government and they track. They live 15 miles into Virginia and then travel into work every day. That's what my father did. You know, he was from the Midwest. You know, but he had got transferred to headquarters. So anyway, so yeah. see they're having marital problems. Hell I'm gonna yeah, go down are. to the bar. When they go to the bar, I'd like to be here when it's going to be great. And to, and to cook a meal once in a while and, and clean up, make good love to him. Look, I know that's good. Okay. He's like, you know, I Look, snap your fucking see, dick yeah, off every no, night. I know that's good. <laughs> see, because they, they they fucked well, which of course is the classic reason why you want to get married too when you're young. Because holy shit, I'm fucking well right now. You know? Yeah, dude. Even just the visuals of this is like my early memories. I'm uh, legit dude I'm not lying yeah my early childhood I don't have visuals I remember yelling oh, man. and I remember walking in on my dad and his girlfriend after my mom post fuck like I walked into his bedroom and they were laying naked on the bed and I wow. ran back wow and just went and played in my sister's room so your dad had some rebounds yeah you had a couple rebounds. oh my dad threw dick down yeah he would yeah. he Good brought me to this one place he was with this chick named Roxanne and he would always take us over there is that his go-to I was young it was his girlfriend at the time but yeah. I didn't re- I was young enough to where I just thought they were friends oh. so he would go we would sit upstairs or in another room and they would go fucking fuck for a half an hour yeah yeah hours, hours dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got it put, in. Put, put him in front He's of, done now, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. He I think probably, be, he doesn't even have the libido anymore, I don't think. I think yeah. it, it left him. Yeah. When he had a stroke, he struck. I got it. news for you. The young people who are listening right now, remember this. Mark my words. That happens. 
that happens bro i'm a little asexual anyway so it's probably gonna happen earlier for me i I know i like it but i i'm never gonna be the one to to initiate sex oh man if you want to have sex i will but like but like you gotta like say something i'm the weird guy where like just tell me you want to fuck like i don't want to have to do the like where i just come behind you and start fucking smelling your ear or something like that i i I am that guy i'm very much i I very much initiate i think i'm a little too consensual like i'm very robust just like do you want to have sex like yeah let's do it yeah (laughs) well to me but after a while that gets old after a while you know, for myself, because it's like you got to initiate a little bit yourself too. Unless you're just not attracted to me, I, I don't. I don't feel attractive then when you're not initiating. But but early on, I'm definitely like, okay, we're, we're, we are going to hump. This is going to happen. Oh you know? yeah, those early, those I early. I think like, there's six kind of months, a point of when you know your relationship is getting kind of serious, of when you're just like, ah, uh, like. You know, we don't necessarily have to fuck nah, right it's now. It's fine. Yeah, the that, that initial for me with the, with the few girlfriends I've had, it takes about six months to get to that point. The first six months, we are fucking oh, every single time times. together, and, and usually multiple times. Although I tell you now, multiple times, it don't happen, man. It's one and done for Adam Crocious now. Crow had Moderna is, Wood the other day. You know, I, I I got my second shot on Wednesday. Okay, went out and golfed eighteen and golfed poorly by the way poorly. since where you said you wanted to do like a shorter episode do you want to take a break still or do you we probably should take one right now though, okay we? so we're at 53 minutes yeah well, what time is it right now it is 3 32 yeah the second half is gonna be short man well you know some let's just plow through because right. we should we should leave by like a little before four because i want to make sure i don't get a ticket okay so but yeah no i was just talking about my incredible sex life i know you're also interested uh or lack thereof but i had my second moderna shot on, on wednesday golfed 18 so i walked six miles I tell you something, man. I, I felt like shitty on Thursday. I woke up with fucking serious wood, though, uh, That's on, on Friday. So I, I had a 10 hours of sleep. I slept all the way through. I didn't, my incontinence didn't take over, you know? So I woke up with the bone, man. I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic, man. I felt great. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's what gets so, me excited since now. we're plowing through let's get into the news and we have sure. we have movement in the tv leagues sure we've got more solidified numbers let's do it big things are happening Absolutely. so do you want to do news first or do you want to do the league news cuckoo we need to have fucking news here we go <laughs> so uh gossip girl reboot is happening <laughs> I, here's, I never watched the first one. It's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, so here's a lot. But here's what I'm getting yeah. eye rolly with that. It's it's almost not becoming special. The like diverse cast. Yeah. Like you look at this cast. It's like a bald chick. It's overly diverse. Um, Ugh, it's so fucking ham. Their first look. The uh, I, It's so ham handed. Just checking a box off. You still got to produce quality. It's still got to be good. You know. So let me see if they yeah very diverse cast all they're all probably very shaken and beaten eating disorders cutters God. fucking real shit Ugh, it's completely unlike the upper east side of new york probably <laughs> although there probably is an angle of that there's a lot no of now there. there is like yeah. what uh, what larry was saying was that like now those people like our age are having kids so this is kind of like 
almost like a future in present time of like this is eventually what the kids on the upper east side of new york they're going to be weird multiracial fucking broken children that have millions of dollars yeah i know it's it's so weird god the arc is i'll tell you which is great i'm not saying that's bad yeah yeah yeah. but i'm saying stop advertising it as this i feel like it's been five years of you know, it's diversified. Hollywood's diversified. Not as much as it could be. Yeah. But I feel like it's almost hacked to even say like a diverse cast. Just say a cast. Yeah. Yeah. We know it's diverse. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You don't have to yeah. get the points anymore. Yeah, again, the, the virtue signaling. Of you don't have to get the points anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We got it. Yeah. It's yeah, going to be the gayest show ever. Yeah. It, it's just so... Uh... I don't know. I don't know what to think about Hollywood right now. It's turned into. I, I've been watching Bill Maher, you know, and, and I want, and he's such an old crank. <laughs> but he got some COVID. Of his points, Did you see that? Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned because his show wasn't. I, that I made me laugh him. because people hate him so much. They oh, Bill Maher got COVID. They made it seem like he was a COVID denier and like oh, he got. He's not a COVID denier. No, not at all. You just don't like him, so you yeah. want him to die of COVID. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. He he. It, is he not liked amongst like Gen Z? And oh, shit? Like, they hate he, him. Yeah. They think he's a. They think he's like a. You know how you got annoyed when they said like Gen X were like the do nothing generation. Yeah, yeah. They think he's like king of the do nothings. Well, and uh, and they and, haven't and, lived. And like he's Islamophobic. He's this. He's that. I tell you what, he's a little have, Islamophobic. They may, they may have a point on that. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with everything he does and says, but every once in a while he does have a good singer. Anti-religion across the board. Oh, absolutely. He thinks religion should be nuked from the planet <laughs> absolutely he's not a fan of it but his he had some pretty and he's anti-cancel culture which is a big thing he is vehemently i hate the term culture. i hate saying that we're anti anti-cancel culture on this show <laughs> i mean like we were talking about tony i'm for people canceling is not even real canceling is for people who already hate that person anyway look at this bar they're at by the way Looks like fucking Tui's Tavern in Sock Village. You, right. Yeah, he's got. He's a, he's fresh out of prison. He's a total bad boy, so and he, that, he knocks around because she wants to do it, and and he, you know uh, John Travolta doesn't doesn't want to allow her. Doesn't want her. What's sissy doing up there? Because he because because only men ride mechanical bulls. Exactly. Only men do that. This is men's this. game. Look at that fucking gas station attendant right there, dude. This is the the real pin, pinnacle of the show is going to be when I get DVR and I can pause this motherfucker. <laughs> we can go back and analyze. She can do it herself. You see, he that, that their nemesis. You see, he's a total bad seed. He's a big drunk. He knocks around. There's a lot of like women getting punched in this. I remember growing up where women got hit in movies. Burt Reynolds punched a few women in movies. Scott Glenn knocks around, uh, uh, you know. Uh, so here's another story. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon to executive produce the Kids Tonight Show at Peacock. Oh, God. There's a Kids Tonight Show? There's going to be a Kids Tonight Show. I heard, so I think he, it's I heard he's be, got a problem with the bottle. Oh, he's a complete drunk. Uh, Good for him. Hell yeah. <laughs> Good right? for him. You know? Go in there, fucking backhand a fucking he's assistant gonna or two. Poor, he's going to age poorly. Someone's got to take over for Ellen as the worst fucking person. Oh, isn't it that Ellen pulled it the ripcord? It disgusts me that no one... She's gone. She's ended her show, and these cowards that worked for her still won't come out and say she was the worst person to work with. I've heard detailed accounts of people who are on that show that say that like she sends people home for having bad breath. She'll come in there and say, like, I'm having a bad day today, so I'm picking on you today. And there's nothing you can do about oh, it. God. People have quit her show, and she's straight up said, like, I'm going to make sure you never get a job 
ever again. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're going to spend your energy on She's that? She's the fucking worst. Yeah. And it disgusts me that yeah. the stand-up comics who wrote on her show are so fucked her NDA. Yeah. Sue me, bitch. Yeah. 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 You don't yeah. even have a fucking show anymore. Are those NDAs yeah. even valid? Yeah. And also, when I heard that she pulled the ribcord, it's like, well, she's been dethroned. She's been exposed. Put the balls she on her. Exposed. The vag lips on this fucking bull back yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> to say. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on to still say, I know I did. You created it. Yeah. I know. You were the one sending people home for bad breath. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure she's, she's a yeah. fucking devil. Yeah. And I've heard that she actively keeps her wife down, that she makes her wife basically not have a career because she doesn't want anything to overshadow Ellen DeGeneres. Oh God. Can you imagine your narcissism being that huge? Your narcissism being that, I mean, it's just, we know people who have that in them. But we know people hey, Tony who have that in them, you know. Well, Tony I, Hinchcliffe, Chink Lord, Tony I, Hinchcliffe. I, I, I won't say who else, but we know people who I think who have that in them too. Oh, don't shut up, <laughs> no. But it's just like I'm just doing. Be, I'm doing a Marvel movie, and I'm big and strong now. To 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 think that you have. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure to get to that level of success, boy. There's a tough mindedness you have to have. There's no doubt about it. You got to be pretty tough minded, you know, to get up to that point. But boy, don't anyway. But go ahead. Let's go further. Let's go further. Sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's see even what some what details care, of this anymore. are. You see, um, he, he gets hit in the face. There you go. Bud gets hurt. Bud, what? You see, he he set him up there. He a go, late he, night show entirely run entirely by young people. So we're gonna have a young Gelman. He, 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 here's Travolta going after him. You know. Man, yeah. that's going to be a fucking rape den. That what is, fucking what is kids it? tonight. So they're putting feeding oh, these kids to the wolves, God. dude. That you know I, to I have them. That. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, like not every. You know, it's like this whole Spielberg's a pedophile. Come on, show me the proof. You know, it just it's just. Does it happen? Of course, it has happened. I am not naive, but it's not just this like part of the culture that everyone does it. I mean, it's just. I, I, I had a passenger who was like saying, they're, they're, they're trying to bring back Satan. <laughs> like, that, that, that's what's going on. So we got a quote about Tim Allen and about the conservativeness of Last Man Standing. Sure. Because um, the show's ending. He's saying it was because of health issues. And then he says, in his interview, Allen also touched on politics of the show. Most of Baxter's conservative views are used for comedic effects, such as his angst against sensitive vegan males or his Hillary Clinton rants. However, the show has also touched on more serious topics such as gun control, feminism, and the role of, of the American government. Yeah. Uh, in reference to the power, uh, we really pushed it a little bit. No, you didn't. I know. Wow, you fucking called, pe <laughs> you said soy boy on your show or whatever the fuck. Who gives a fuck? Well, again, it's, it's what's so hilarious, it's just entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, it's taken so seriously. And I realize you want to create quality. I realize you want to do good things as well you should. You should strive and work hard for that. But at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. This is the frosting on the cake. It's not the cake. People's lives, the actual economy, the actual, that, that's, that's the cake. That, that's people, that's reality. This is entertainment. You know, don't take it so seriously, I guess. Try to have some fun with it. But you know something? Uh, when I said that to TJ Miller, he immediately got pissed off at me and was just like, Adam, I hate to be offensive, but you don't work in the business. You know, as he said to me when he said that. But you know, I was like, you can talk down to me. That's okay. I don't want really to take it personal. That's the truth. Because I actually like it. See, I want to have the confidence now that my friends moved away to where if he said that to me, I would just be like, how gay is that what you just said? <laughs> like, you know, but he, he is. What are you uh, fucking 
You can't talk. What are you, Dick Emberg or something? You literally can't talk to him because you get interrupted by strangers all the time. You can't talk to him. It's it's just you're at a bar, any public place, any amount of people, you will get interrupted within 10 seconds. You can't have a real conversation. If he said that to me, I would be like, is there ever a time in your life when you were a child where you think you'd be a human being who would say that to another person? <laughs> Are you proud that you say the business yeah. to people, you fucking alcoholic? I watched, you know, you, I watched honestly, you piss your pants on stage at the Laugh Factory. And, and that's part of the reason why I don't, I, I don't get pissed off because I'm just like, your life you're having a hard time holding it together and yeah. frankly honestly this is the truth and this is me saying that and i can be sarcastic as you know i can be a circuit yeah I, I have empathy for him i honestly have empathy for someone because i'm just like for some reason it's just i don't know why if i want i would you be like, know why because he actually acknowledges me you know what i'm just why. gonna go ahead and call in a bomb threat on this on this conversation <laughs> and, and and just see what happens here. yeah it's like wow you you're, you're you're wrestling with some demons when you're you doing shit like that under you know? federal investigation cock Wow. Wow. I know I, I know I know CJ's opening for him. They're, they're starting out in Cincinnati of all places. But anyway, okay, but more, more, more news, more news. Uh let's see. We covered the Ellen thing. That's really it, besides juicy stuff. Do you want to get yeah. into this week in TV here? Do you want to see the fucking do you get into the prime table movement? Of, oh, the, oh, of yeah. the TV oh, league. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we figured that. out new numbers. So I was reading an article about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they said, "I'll pull up the numbers right here." 495 million watch minutes were on Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they said that is equivalent to 9.9 .9 million accounts. So that is the basis number of streaming. That is our base number yeah so i then extrapolated it to well 500 million watch minutes is probably 10 million accounts yeah it's an extra hundred thousand or something like yeah. that so then that means for every uh there's two for every 100 million watch minutes that's two million accounts that viewed that show so right. I added that. Now that's our base number. Jesus, of, it's of interesting the streaming numbers. numbers. Like so, a lot of the shows went down. NCIS because I had I had them at twenty three million more. Yeah. So yeah. the new standings, the Voice has regained number one. The Voice is going to win the league. <laughs> it's fucking Bayern Munich. This is a a, okay. a juggernaut it's that we given. all have to work to defeat. Yeah. <laughs> um, NCIS number two, twenty two million down from thirty one. So there was a okay. there was quite an adjustment. Sure. Grey's Anatomy number three, twenty point nine one million. And Falcon and Winter Soldier has put an has jumped. This is the kind of shit we're talking about. This show didn't exist earlier this year, and now it's number four in the top league of television. What's good about that show that it's, made that made it's it Marvel? It's a okay. Marvel superhero yeah, show, and it's pretty well produced. I assume sixteen point five five million Netflix accounts. It's got to be well produced. Watch that nerds every yeah. week. Wow! Wow! Jesus! And that's eight, I think it's eight hundred and forty five million watch minutes. It's by far the most streamed show on. Wow. On TV. Wow. Okay. Um, what else that here? That and Keith Pezzo's podcast. That and Keith Pezzo's podcast, yes, baby. Exactly. A mass singer. And then it's all kind oh. of back to where uh, them, the Amazon show has 12.7 million accounts, but then it's all kind of standard fare. Nothing really changed after that. But TV is such a wasteland. The voice regaining <laughs> great the league really is the story here. And then the, the, sh the rise of Falcon and winter soldier, I guess. Yeah. But the season's almost over. I think we can just put it in the bag for the voice. Yeah. I don't see anyone getting more than 31 million, but Man. they're kind of, we got, I'm calling financial fair play though. You can't be doing, I almost disqualified it because it's on twi two nights a week. I tell you what, the thing about the voice relative to the mask singer, 
The mass singer is truly, if you're a performer doing that, that's like lower than doing Love Boat when I was a kid growing up. You know what I mean? Like, you were a. <laughs> I mean, you're literally a D, but you're not a D list celebrity. The D list celebrity, more like gay list. You know, it's just like it's so like ah, uh, like to do that to say okay, Bobby Brown was one of them. I know that. It's like to say okay, I'm gonna get some you know views on this, and I'm gonna make some money, and okay, so I'm gonna maintain a certain degree of relevance. It's like ah, uh, I find that kind of sad for some reason. Yeah, you know, I don't know. What, not like whatever. I wouldn't take the money. Of course, I would. You know. Ooh. Take the money and run. Oh, I have integrity. That whole thing. I was so into. No, I'm gonna have integrity. My integrity got Speaking me. Speaking of that, I wanted to add something to the Tony Hinchcliffe stuff. Sure. Because there's a this, and I kind of went back and forth with Jeff Eggleston about this because we were talking about it. I'm kind of sick of the idea that, and this isn't a branch of the TJ thing. I'm sick of the idea that if you're not a super accomplished comedian, you can't have an opinion about stuff. Oh, because that seemed I, to be the Tony I, Hinchcliffe I, thing is I a never, lot of a lot of people defending him were like, you know, it's real funny seeing comics without a TV credit or without a fan base. And they turn saying like, like anything jealous, about this, you know, it's like, just, no, no, of just like, well, you're not actually in like how he was saying, like, well, you're not actually in show business, so you can't say anything about Tony Hinchcliffe. God. Well, yes, I can. Yeah. No, I, I've been absolutely. doing comedy for a fucking decade. Yeah. I've done the road. Yeah. I've put in the work. Yeah. I've done as much stage time as anybody who's done it for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can I, I can judge whether something I feel like is okay or not to say on stage. Of course you can. I don't even think about I think that. you should be. But I there was this tone of like, you know what, if you're not this, this, and this, you really can't say anything about this. And it was like, how fucking I, aren't you the free speech man? Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's not it's just it's about I don't know. I, I so thoroughly don't get caught up in that anymore and i'm so proud of myself also i haven't done stand-up in 14 months there you I go. have to get up on stage again eventually but uh you know i, I don't know i i just i don't i don't have the time for it. It, it, it it's too petty for me to get caught up in that i i feel like time is i have more days behind me than in front of me i want to make the days in front of me actually mean something and have some direction you know i mean i and i actually feel pretty good about that let's, got my first rejection let's get there my you first go. pass i'm a for those who don't know sent my uh script out to four different productions companies and it was uh, passed on by the uh, woman who produced the show Virgin River, Roma Roth. Oh, is but, that the um, Netflix show? Yeah, the Netflix well, show. Well, she does soft shit. Your show's probably a little too hardcore you know, for her. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that might be as part of it. It also probably isn't good enough. <laughs> But no, I, uh, it's fine. I mean, we have other things we're doing right now. Other people are going to reach out to it's like, it's, you know, expect to have a I lot feel of rejection. Like what your initial goal has been met. I remember when you first yeah. started this, you said, you know, I just want this to like make some ripples. And you were like, and if this does nothing, then I might move. I might consider yeah. leaving. Yeah. I feel like this is enough for you to at least stay out here. Exactly. Like, just like, yeah, well, there's enough there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you've won. I feel like you're like, well, I want like the first step yeah. is like there. I feel like you, you, know? you met your very base goal where yep. you're like anything after this is a complete stroke of luck you know yeah and like you're blessed also, anything after this is a blessing <laughs> but more like well Crow, then, you've been in my intentions th th i appreciate <laughs> thank you you've read the secret 
So I, uh, the second step now is I, I want to actually have some meetings with some, some, some true producers out there. You know what I mean? Like we, the fact that we have this woman on our side is a very good score, you know, and that's a good thing, but start having some like legitimate meetings and, and getting some feedback that, you know, you maybe don't want to hear, but actually having, that's kind of my next goal, I'd say, you know, and that honestly, that I have mixed feelings on that. I think that could actually happen sooner as opposed to later because so much production has been shut down over the past year. Hell yeah. There's going to be an itch. To actually just you get should some just walk done. into a, a lot and start doing the show <laughs> <laughs> with the with the technology today. Here we are. I'll show. I'll have a director's chair and one of those hats. You know, like when I'm wearing a golf outfit, like a director from the 1920s. They'll be like, something. "What are you doing here?" And you'll be like, "Who are you, Mac?" I know. Listen, buddy, this is how you do it. So let's get into this week in TV history. Sure, absolutely. We're at one hour and twelve minutes. Just to keep your okay. we th- it's it's ten to four. Yeah, we we got to hit the road in a little bit. Yes, right. let's let's go through the segment. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, a quick one. So we have uh, 1973 Bruce Lee collapses in Golden Harvest Studios in Hong Kong and is rushed to Hong Kong back to his hospital where they diagnose him with cerebral edema. Wow. By the way, John Travolta hooks up with this woman and I I find her really early 80s hot. This girl? you're gonna get, you're oh, gonna, Deborah Winger, yeah, 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 gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. It is the Deborah Winger hooks up with Scott Glenn, but then he hooks up with this other woman who's like, she's gorgeous. Yeah, well, 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 you see, they play too much fucking right music in this show. Oh, too much fucking music. Well, you can tell how they made it. It was like Saturday Night Fever meets meets country yeah. and western. That's all. Nineteen eighty three sitcom Laverne and Shirley's last episode airs on ABC. Eighty three was the last year of it. Yeah, that's late, right? That, that they, they were a, like 40 years old doing that, on that show. That they they had a run. I man. got osteoporosis, Laverne. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, uh, Penny Marshall did not age well. No. She did not age well at all. Because she was kind of cute. I remember when I was younger with Laverne <sighs> and the L. Like in 1977, I kind of liked her, you know? Dude. But man, she did not. She looked like an old bluesman. <laughs> 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 like oh get me a get me a hop and i'll give you some uh <laughs> penny wolf <laughs> yeah but it uh um see so yeah, i want to hear what else 1969 british comedy troupe monty python forms 1968 1969 69 1976 last broadcast of marcus welby comes on wow see I, this is the end of the tv season so we're getting a lot of last episodes in this yeah i never watched that show i watched that's like reruns a little that's bit a, that's a reference my dad would make whenever yeah. oh marcus welby whenever he would cut himself and shit <laughs> we got to get marcus welby over here 1963 bob dylan walks out of the ed sullivan show over a dispute about his song choice wow Wow, he had integrity, man. Oh, yeah. 1990, Nora Dunn and Sinead O'Connor boycott Saturday Night Live to protest Andrew Dice Clay's hosting, which was perceived as sexist. I remember watching that episode. The show uses a time delay for the third time ever. Sinead O'Connor was the musical guest, and she she bailed, too. I mean, I hated Andrew Dice Clay until I started doing stand-up. See, that's why, again, I was woke in 1990. Like, in college, he's a sexist pig. I mean, people talked about that shit. There was take back the night. You haven't, you, you know what the first to discover it okay so it's like but but i watched that but then when i started he also did it nursery rhyme too which is fun well you know hickory dickory duck this chick was sucking my cock what's in the, in the bowl bitch i mean he sold out madison square garden yeah four nights in a row 1994 like yeah director quentin tarantino releases pulp fiction pulp fiction uh a true seminal movie when it came out a, a spokesperson of gen x oh my parents love that movie you know. got it on big we got it on a big fat dvd box I, mom, I remember this scene winning the oscars i remember this and the academy awards my, my, my mom saw that movie 
And she literally called me up the next day and was like, Western culture is falling apart. That's like, hilarious. Was, well, they say the N word. A lot of hard ends. She in that. was deeply disturbed. Oh no! By I the shot Marvin in the face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, deeply. Like, and people, and the way women were treated, and it was just and the oh, just no. She it she was, almost couldn't talk. She, I don't. The violent. It just. I, I like the nonlinear plot line, but oh. Oh, it was I mean, she literally That's was very disturbed by that movie. And I, I saw it in the theater. I like men with simple values. Oh, Jesus See, Christ. You want to suck beautiful. on my breasts? She's beautiful. Look 1970, the Beatles movie Let It Be premieres. You get to watch the Beatles break up and wow. Let It Be. Wow. The funniest thing about Let It Be is Paul McCartney the whole time. They're all beefing. And then he every... 10 minutes he'll throw in about touring live again all this man wanted to do was play a live show he would just you know yeah. maybe we'll play live <laughs> it's so obvious they're like we're no we that that's why brian epstein killed himself we haven't played live in three years well he was also a fucking tortured homosexual he had, yeah. he had fight clubs he would pay people to beat him up he liked it. He was like a masochist. Look, being roofed up a bit, you know. Oh, uh, I'm sure repressed homosexuals. Well, they in say the 60s. his death is what tore the group up. Yeah. This surprised me is how late it was. 1993, Knott's Landing ends its 14 year run. Yeah, Knott's Landing was a Thursday night staple. That was like with uh that was a bit like, like a Dallas gone San Diego. Is that about an airport? No, it's about a. I always a, thought a, it was about an airport. It was about a cul de sac in a rich neighborhood in San Diego and all the neighbor's stories. Okay, you know. So uh, yeah. not like, she look at her. Isn't she gorgeous? She really is. She she's like, I mean, those, that's a natural beauty. Women were naturally pretty back then, man. I'm there's a little you. bit of makeup on there. Oh, but there's yeah, a lot I of makeup. It. There is. It looks she looks like a 90s gal. Ooh. Oh, to you. She 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 looks very early. Like that was a early wet 80s. lip on that kiss. This is early 80s. Beauty. A lot of wet lip sheen on that kiss. You know, she hadn't trimmed the bush. I know that. much. Oh, God, no. <laughs> So okay, what else? Happened? Let's tail it down here. What else happened? 2004, final episode of Frasier on NBC is watched by 33 million. Wow, people. that show lasted that long. 1989, too. final episode of Family Ties airs on NBC. 36 uh, million people. Watched I watched it. that in my dorm room, my dorm floor, McLaughlin House. Everyone got together and to watched watch Family it. Ties. We also watched Super Bowl 23. Is Alex gonna fucking get murdered. Well, no, then at the end he's crying. He was That's crying because they they introduced the cast at yeah. the end, and then Letterman that night. <laughs> Letterman that night had a mock like it's our last show and Paul Schaefer comes up and he's weeping. That's hilarious. It's a total just taking the piss. 1989 Moonlighting drama last airs on ABC. 89. Yep. Well, Willis Got Willis canceled, was right? ma was making the transition. I know people who like that show. I never watched 1998, it. 1998 Seinfeld's final two part episode. The finale airs to 76.3 million viewers. That was 23. Commercial years ago. priced at two million for 30 seconds. God. Like a Super Bowl. That was like the Super Bowl. Oh, I actually didn't. You know, I, I was in an airport going to Dover, Delaware when that aired. It was on in the airport and some oh. drunk guy was going, let's watch Steinfeld. I know. Like, Steinfeld <laughs> is on. <laughs> the anti-Semite who doesn't realize. He's Jewish. He's not that Jewish. Put on Steinberg Feldstein. Put him on. I got my yarmulke. 1987, you know? the last episode of The Late Show with Joan Rivers uh, after that host is fired by the Fox Network. What, what year? 1987. Oh, yeah. Th that last, like, that that was an attempt to take on Johnny and that got back. The oh, he hated that, her. He, the, he never forgave her for that. And then they never spoke again. Yeah. Uh, th that was... Uh, 
that was also Arsenio Hall was the first true threat. Arsenio Hall was the first yeah. truth. That's when Carson knew the handwriting was on the wall. Well, the, the whoops were on the wall. Absolutely. That, that was 1989 urban. Maxwell House Coffee runs ad during Roe versus Wade movie despite threat of boycott by right to lifers. What, what year? 1989. Oh, yeah. You know, you know who starred in that? I think Holly Hunter was in that. Nice. Holly Hunter played uh, play Roe. She played Roe. Hell yeah. I, I think she she was the woman who was, had to get, wanted to get an abortion. Uh, reflecting her real life after Jim Carrey. Uh, she, she's the bad boy. 1986 Top Gun directed by Tony Scott premieres. Yeah, that movie was absolutely. God, it was. It, it was, was huge. Eighty six. May fifteenth. What, what uh, day? It was this week, so it wasn't. Okay, May 15th. okay, yeah. I thought that was a later summer release. I'm wrong. I was wrong. Nineteen eighty six. Bobby Ewing comes back from the dead on the show <laughs> Dallas. Yeah, by that point, I, I saw who shot this, Jr. Right? Now we're getting into today. I got some additional news. Nineteen seventy two. Assassin assassination attempt on George Wallace of Alabama by Arthur Bremer in Laurel, Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, you you assume Laurel, you assume Laurel, Jason Earl Fox. Yeah, absolutely. Broke Todd Massey's nose. Yeah, Uh, nineteen. Punch him in the face. Did Todd deserve it? No, he just started. Folks was just hammered. Because I like I like both Uh, those guys. Nineteen eighty one. Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island airs. (laughs) Here's what I saw that. Metal Lark Lemon. Let's and pull a boat out of their meal. afro so we can get off the island. Yeah. <laughs> 1988, the USSR begins withdrawing its 115,000 troops from Afghanistan. 1989, <sighs> Soviet President Gorbachev of Be- in Beijing for the first Sino-Soviet summit in 30 years. You see the like the curtain raising. Do, do you realize? Do you realize that with um that that with that uh uh with. Uh, the I, the Afghanistan war that was the true end of the Soviet Union that that was their Vietnam and then Star Trek six the movie when, came yeah, out the, when the movie came out in ninety one was totally Chernobyl that was like a Chernobyl kind of Chernobyl. Soviet you know yeah yeah you know, that, that that an explosion on a mining planet so therefore the Klingons had to actually reach out to the Federation to actually try to get trade routes going so that actually sort of that actually opened up the relationship it gave the backstory as to how the Klingons and and the and the Federation became allies you know so but that was very much inspired by that last piece of news on a lighter note yes nineteen eighty nine Blue Jays fire manager Jimmy Williams and replace him with Cito Gaston, Cito Gaston, the best name in managerial history. And, 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 and yeah, they went to the uh, league championship series and were smoked by the Oakland Athletics. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah. yeah. Well, we should, you know. That was the news. How'd you feel about the episode? Oh, I, it's a tight I apologize, one. Bailey, for the for the hour. We're going to be an hour short because we usually yeah. do about two hours and 20 minutes. But we're going over um, this uh, grill out. So, yeah. Uh, and if it was up to me, we would come back and start streaming again. But yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to hang out there for a while. I think yeah. is the plan. I figured it was because you're going to get hammered. No, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to drink because the shot. But you know, if it's the I, end of I the can't. show, we got this. That's right, man. You see, their marriage is breaking up. We got to I, I, I jumped the shark here. Got to take <laughs> the noise suppression off. Th- th- this is their marriage. Coming to an end. That's how fucking not permanently, it's, it's, but Jesus Christ, how'd you feel about it? Good. Absolutely, it was a tight. Right. One. It was good. Well, uh, some funny lines in there, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. This is Keith Pazel. KeithPazel.com for everything. Hit the pay-per-view link if you want to throw us a little bit of cash. A tip would be nice. Uh, a tip would be nice. Uh, but if not, we still love you. We're still doing the shows. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Good times.